Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The great Brian Kilmeade. Brian, good morning, buddy. How are you? What's happening, Sid? Just, you know, don't uh, don't give your A-game to the radio show. I want you to save it for the TV show <laughs> on Saturday night. We're going to be live. So, I mean, just phone it in today. I hope you start. I don't want you expending too much energy. No, I won't. Don't worry. TV is always more important. I promised your girl Taylor right. I'd be ready to go on Saturday night. You know, I was thinking about you last right. night. It's, uh, it's a huge sports week. We've got six NFL playoff games this weekend. Uh, two guys who some would argue are the best ever in their positions, Nick Saban, college football, Bill Belichick, pro football, step away, although Belichick is not retiring. Uh, Buddy Harrelson passed away, big Long Island guy, Long Island Ducks. But I want to talk about Saban specifically because I saw Saban do an interview last night, and I think it was Ravage, and he said, uh, why now? And Saban said, you know why? Yes, my team just made the playoffs. Yes, I've got a good quarterback in, in Milrow. Yes, Alabama is on the right track to have another great season again. But he said, I'm 72 years old. And when I go out, Brian Kilmeade, and recruit kids, I got to pretty much guarantee them that not next year, not the year after, but for most of them, for four years, I'll be here. That puts me at 76 years old. And he said, you know what? I'm more tired now. It's more grueling now. And can you imagine, Brian, the first person I thought of when I heard him say that, him being selfless, how selfish is Joe Biden? Joe Biden will be 82 years old when he runs for president next year. He's the oldest 82-year-old guy I've ever seen. He's a mess. His wife, Jill, is a horrible person. So Saban, a decade younger, walks away because he can't do it. But Joe Biden, at 82, he can do it. You see the uh, you see the deal what I saw there last night. I absolutely do. Uh, and the thing is too with football, you can you can you know uh, you can hand off a lot of responsibilities and be that coach on the sidelines. It's almost like a cheerleader at the end, and he didn't want to do that. Um, I, I think a couple of things. I I don't think he's quitting because he's burnt out. I think he's quitting because of the new rules. I absolutely believe he is tired of kids walking up to him saying, "And I'm going to the portal unless you get me more money." I don't think that, you know, he wanted to recruit uh, and do whatever was going on in Division One. He could go by those roles. He could give them he, – he has no problem with, to a degree, of the players getting paid. But they have all the power right now, and I think he wants out. He sees where it's going. He sees no help from the NCAA. It might come from the federal government. And I talked to someone really close to him two weeks ago, and they said, I wouldn't doubt that he steps aside if he wins it all. But when he didn't win it all, I go, okay, that's probably not going to happen. But he's like, that's it. He's like, he probably had a bunch of players. This is what I think the story's going to be. Uh, hey, coach, I'm out. You know, I'm out. Unless you get me more money. I'm getting more money at Oregon, getting more money in Texas. And that's not what he signed up for. I mean, that's, he, didn't like, he didn't like the NFL. He didn't have success in it. This is mini NFL. And they're going to blow up this game. The, the, the allure of this game is the, the illusion, maybe it's an illusion, that these kids are students and that they play have the history. And when you see them play, you can go back to, you know, you see Texas play and you go back to all-time Texas greats and, you, you know, you watch USC and you think about the great te- USC players. 
but it's becoming the minor leagues now. I think they do need to get paid. They they are the the reason why people watch. I know it's, but this has gone too far. I couldn't agree more. Now they did pose that question to Saban, ESPN, during the interview, and he said, "No, no, no, it's not the new rules." But I think you're right. All these old timers can't stand it. Look, I was a huge college basketball fan my whole life, starting with Chris Mullen at St. John's. I loved. I ate that sport up. I haven't really watched a college basketball game outside the tournament in years because this new rule, not new, a couple of years now, where the kid spends one year and he's gone, you don't see Patrick Ewing for three years. You don't see Chris Mullen for four years. You don't see these kids, their loyalty to the university, to make the game better. If they're really good after one year, they go to the next level. They've ruined college basketball, and now college football kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, there's going to be money to keep these guys in school. Now they're going to be, you know, and they're going to, I think, six or seven years to finish up their education. And, you know, you know, you, you saw it with Burroughs. You know, he wins it with LSU, but that's not where he spent his career. He won it, he was 24 years old when he won it. So they, got, they, they should be finishing up in six years. You should allow these players to get a five-year scholarship, not four years, because if you are a legitimate student with aspirations to get a degree, you can't get it done taking 12 credits a semester. Spring is almost as busy as the fall. They, they get one week off, and then they're lifting again. So get them the five-year scholarship in four years. Get them six years to finish up, you know, and, and let's say they had some devastating in, Even if they had a devastating injury, you got, you got six years to play for. Whatever it is. And what they, they're, they're working on rules, and we talked about this last weekend, where you only enter the portal after three years. And then you can go wherever you want. So, but you're guaranteed a four-year contract. So if you're a great high school player and a terrible fo- uh, college player, they can't take it away. If you get hurt, they can't take it away. Uh, you get a guaranteed salary. They're talking $35,000 a year for everybody. And then you could go, there's some complicated regulations when it comes to name, image, and likeness. So it gives that star quarterback a chance to go sign his name and sell his jersey, but they got to register. There's got to be an organization to it. So there's a way to do this, and I think we have to quickly fix it before, like you said, it blows up like college hoops. This is uh, Brian Kilmeade coming up after me and, of course, Fox and Friends and One Nation. So I was born in 1967. Brian, I was only two years old when the Miracle Mets beat the Baltimore Orioles, captured the hearts of New Yorkers and the world, really, and won that World Series. As I got older and got into sports at WFN, I got to know a lot of those guys, almost all of them. Ed Cranepool's calling in later on this morning. He's a buddy. Ron Svoboda, Seaver, all of them. But do you know the only New York Met ever to be on the team, employed by the team, in both World Series wins, 1969 over Baltimore and 1986 over Boston, is Buddy Harrelson. Harrelson, the great shortstop with the Mets. And in 86, he was a third base coach. And you remember, he was running nearly to home plate along with Ray Knight when the Mets came back to beat Boston. Buddy, a fixture, the big fight with Pete Rose. Met fans love him. Died yesterday. Any thoughts on the passing of one of the all-time great New York Mets? And quite frankly, a guy that is very important to Long Island. The Long Island Ducks are a big, big deal out by you. Yeah, I, and I did do something with him when he was with the Ducks. And Frank Bolton is the is the owner there. And I know he's friends with John Casamitidis too. And he started that whole into, uh, independent league. Uh, and he was great because he would work the audience, even though he was a legend to New Yorkers and he liked people and he had no problem working the audience. It helped have a higher profile for the Long Island Ducks. But I do remember covering him as a manager, too. 
And I remember the minute he hit in the clubhouse, he'd have about three beers before he talked to you. Um, also, yeah, it was very interesting just to watch a guy pop a beer and talk. Okay, it's an afternoon game, uh, buddy. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was not the best manager, but the players liked him. Uh, he was a hustler. I do remember um, I, in 73, I remember I just like being obsessed with uh, Newsday in the afternoons. That's when the paper used to come. And just staring at the stands and standings going, wait a second, they're in last place, but they're only six games out. And I watched them rally. They beat the Reds, got to the World Series. They were up four games to two and lost like, that, they lost that series. They were one win away from, from beating the Mighty Athletics with Gene Tennis and Sal Bando. Reggie uh, Jackson. And all those guys. Yeah, yeah that's right. Them. He was pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Bird Camp, uh, 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 Camp and Harris. He was there, yep. Yeah, I mean, we used to know everybody on every team, but especially that team. Then they sold them off piece by piece. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I do remember that. I think he's a great guy. Uh, I think he rented the house my brother's in right now uh, for okay. a while. So that was one of their claim to fame. That's how famous he was. But you know what? Him and Steve are both with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, what the hell is what's that? That's got, that, what a terrible disease to have. No, it is. You're right. They both had it. And uh, Seaver was documented uh, quite a bit because he's a Hall of Famer, Buddy Moore, a local hero. But uh, nevertheless, uh, sad, and we lose Buddy Harrelson yesterday. Brian Kilmeade got about uh, three minutes to go. Let's get to the politics of the day. My good buddy Donald Trump in court yesterday, he was he was unhinged, but I can't blame him. This Judge Engeron, I've never seen anything like it. Letitia James, Engeron, from day one, Alina Hobbit told me, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. We have to appeal it. We're going to lose. Heck, even when Donald Trump's mother-in-law dies, this judge can't find the heart to delay the trial for three days, this scumbag. Yeah. So Trump gets unhinged yesterday, but how could anybody blame him? He's got, you know, I was watching CNN analysis and they were saying the same thing that it's impossible to say politics aren't involved when you campaign on this and when there's footage of this and when this guy's on the record not liking Trump and then ruled before the whole thing started that he's going to owe uh, $270 million and he committed fraud, no doubt about it. So they go out and do these antics, and I, I hope that a lot of people are alarmed by this. You know, it just shows you if they want to get you, they can get you. And that's what they're going to do. That's it. They tried to blow up the NRA, and I guess they do it with Wayne LaPierre. And then they're going to try to blow up Trump. They did it the first thing they did. Remember, he was just a month in office, and they raided Michael Cohen's office. What are you doing? They, do you had to find out about Stormy Daniels so you raid the president's civilian attorney's office? Think about that. Right away, you set the tone. You would think it the other way around. You know, you'd be afraid to uh, do something like that. You'd be too timid because it's the president's attorney. And that's when they began to turn on Trump. 